Episode 270, The Rant, Brandon Freeman, head coach of the boys' junior varsity basketball team at St. Dominic's, a baller himself, and downfield wide receiver in flag football. You ever recognize a face but don't know from where? Maybe from a different context? Enter Brandon Freeman. I knew I recognized his voice from him yelling at me when refing flag football. In this pod, we discuss his early life, his relationship with basketball, the game that I refed, and that he coached, that put me on the map, all on the same day that Joe Biden was elected president. All that and more, my conversation with Brandon, now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for the Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the Irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest. Five-man player at night during the week, eight-man, most notably, like football in Long Island legends and LIFFL. And of course, how I know him, former collegiate basketball player and also the JV coach for St. Dominic's High School, Mr. Yes, Brandon Freeman. What's up, man? Sir, what's up, Ralph? How you doing? You know what? First, we just have to acknowledge just watching the TV. We're taping this on Saturday. I think it's the 7th or the 8th. I, I don't know. But all I know is that Joseph R. Biden is the elected 46th president. And, man, I, I'm pretty happy, man. I'm excited. I'm super. I, and I don't want to get really political. I just know that he's a good person. Yeah, he's a normal person. Yeah. Like, I don't have to watch. Like, I've watched more CNN in the past three years than I have in my whole life. Yo, you know what's <laughs> crazy? We, we did a podcast the other day. And... It was it was these kids and they had all this like football on. I was like, man, I really be watching CNN way too much. <laughs> right. And I used to read books all the time because I remember like when Barack Obama was in office, the only thing that was like controversial was like he smoked a cigarette. He, he wore a suit that was the wrong color. Yeah. Like that was it. Yeah. But now it's yeah. like atrocity over. And I stopped reading books because all I read is the New York Toilet Paper Times. Yep. I watch fake news CNN. Mm-hmm. I watch Fox. It's just, it yep. was too much, man. Yeah. It's, hopefully we calm down now. Like the most controversy we have is the wrong outfit again. <laughs> like I, I, I couldn't take any more. The anxiety is on a thousand right now. Let me tell you something. And I always wanted to acknowledge this on my show. So coach Freeman, as I know him, when he's on the St. Dominic's team, uh, about four years ago, I ref one of his games, JB, and you talk about calm. This man is not calm when he's coaching <laughs> basketball. You really make me not want to ever coach basketball because it, it, it it's just too turned up, man. Like, I saw Jeremy, yeah. my brethren, you know, the yep, Filipino yep, yep, kid. Yep, 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 Pino. And I'm like, the, uh, how's Coach Freeman? He's like, ah, oh, he's, he's, 
He's rough. <laughs> <laughs> I was always on Jeremy. Jeremy's a good kid, man. What is he, a senior now? Jeremy might have just graduated last Damn. year. Time yeah. is going fast. Man. Time is going real fast. But um, I wanted I wanted to acknowledge that game because that particular game, that game put me on the map. Now, if anyone doesn't know anything about Nassau basketball, just like from my board, it's really hard to move up to the varsity level in the public school because for whatever reason, and that's why it always deters somebody like me. I might as well just start reffing in the city because there's so many games. Mm-hmm. I'll be on varsity. I don't want to be on JV, but I know in the Catholic school, it's a little bit different. All those games are really good. And it's an honor and a privilege because I went to Kellenberg. So I understand yep. the honor and privilege it is to do those games. But that particular night, I remember you guys played St. Mary's. And yep. I just remember I, I was withstanding whatever you were saying. You were talking <laughs> crazy. You were like, what about that foul over there? And I was like, man, this guy, this guy's. And, you know, I knew you from the context of you as a wide receiver on a flag football team. So yeah. at the same time, I'm a coach myself. I coach at Kellenberg. And. I know what it takes to just really put in work and develop somebody, especially mm-hmm. at the JV level. I mean, that's God's work. Yeah. You know, yeah. like for varsity, for me, yeah. they have been groomed. Somebody to get helped to that them point. get there. Yeah. Like, you, it's like, it's a developmental, but at the same time, it's it's Catholic League basketball in Long Island. Like, it's a, it's a big deal. What do you remember about that game? I remember, I remember having a team that was okay. They you know, cool. probably had no business winning the game, tell you the truth. We, we overachieved. Yeah. I remember being in the game because me, I'm always. Like, because I used to play, I'm always in it with the kids. Like, that's why you say, like, I'm a little turned up when I'm coaching because it's just like when I'm playing. Like, yeah. I was in it. And I remember, I do remember you withstanding all the, all the stuff I was giving you the whole game. I think I should be the test for referees if they want to move up. That's, you know what, we, we're just going to get all the scrimmages to go over there. And, and what's really funny is that the, the, the varsity coach, Coach Kelly. He doesn't say a word to He's the like, referees. Ralph, you sure there wasn't a foul? I'm like, I mean, there probably was, but I want to leave, so... <laughs> And a lot of coaches, and this is no no shot to him, but a lot of coaches don't get that. Like, if you don't say anything, a referee a lot of times will be like, oh, well, he's not going to say anything, so I'm not even going to make a big deal about yeah. it. Like, oh, eh, it was close, mm. but that coach, he's quiet. Like, mm. me, I know if it's close, they're like, uh, I might not call it this time, but the next time I'm going to call it because he's going to be all over me. Mm. And it's not that I'm harassing them. It's just like, I want you to know I'm here, and I'm here to support my team. A lot of times I know players, they like playing for me because it's like, Coach, you you got a tech for us. And I'm like, and it's not that I want to disrespect the ref, but yeah. it's at the same time, like, the ref's doing a bad job and you're getting hit and you're getting upset. I'd rather I get a tech and you get to know that I'm on your side. And it makes the team play harder sometimes. Yeah. Listen, and, and I also think that's a fair thing. Like, if you get a technical foul, you deserve it. Like, yeah, I earn it. You also go through the ringer of saying, like, you know what a good referee is. You know what an eh referee yeah. is. So, I mean, you, you know. And that particular game, the reason why I wanted to mention that is because before that, I was in the jungle. Like, I was still doing middle school games at the girls' side. I was still doing just JV games. And I always was like, yo, when am I going to get my shot? But the saving grace in that game was not one overtime. Yeah. Not two overtimes. Yeah. And we're talking about now that that Indian kid with the DJ equipment came in. Yep, yep. <laughs> All the St. Dom's was in the building. <laughs> the and, varsity kids on the side. The varsity refs are there watching you because they're out there getting ready for their game. And that was my break because those varsity refs were all higher-ups on the board. So yeah. I come I come back in the locker room. They're like, they're like, what's your name? I'm like, my name is Ralph. And they were like... You did a good job. You're gonna, and lo and behold, that was how I, that's how I broke in. And it was you know, one of those moments that I knew... Yeah, that, we, I mean that game was special. I feel like I'll always be linked with you to that game, and mm-hmm. even if you go in higher levels, you'll just it, it'll be a game that you always remember, right? I, that was that one I of the craziest games you that ever was, coached. That was probably the craziest at, at that level, like because 
that was like one of my first years being a head coach yeah. at all. And then going to triple overtime and it was crazy. And then the win made it even crazier. But yeah, it, it was definitely a great game. You know what it reminded me of? It's like when you go to a backyard party and you like the third person there and they're playing the uh, R&B <laughs> reggae version of the slow jams. <laughs> and then next thing you know, they play Frankie, Mace and Beverly. And you're then like, like, you're like, damn, oh. I, I didn't know everybody was dancing I, out here. I, yeah, right. But that's how it felt like because fourth quarter is like, all right. Varsity's getting ready there in and it's nobody's like, watching, nobody's there. You know, it was like standing room only by, by the, the time of the I bounced. Yeah, the whole team was on the back behind the bench. They're all like shaking hands, clapping with the kids that are on my team. It was it was great. It yeah. was really great. That definitely was the craziest game I've ever coached. But mm. it was the most not even to just give you a shout out, it was the best officiated game I've had probably since then. Damn. Like really the, the level of officiating, I mean, I don't know if it's a officiating wide thing or just in the league, just being in JV, but it's gotten it's gotten bad. Like yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's tough. There's there's a there's definitely a talent drain on the JV level in freshman because I mean you know it's, if you're good you get pulled up. Yeah, and yeah. and think about it. It's like maybe my collegiate assigner doesn't want me to do in high school games, and it's like, mm-hmm. but I want to do high school games. I, I enjoy high school, especially I'm on the girl side, so you know I still want to do a varsity boys game. It makes me sharp. But speaking of wild. Coronavirus, this election, everything is 2020 super crazy. Right. And we're almost at the end. Right. We're in November, almost December. And it's like 75 degrees today. I I want to. I want to. No, no, no. I was saying it's 75. It's it's, it's just it all goes along with this year. Yeah, This year has been crazy. Everything coming out of left field. Coronavirus started in March. Shutdown happened. How have you been holding up with it? How's your family? And how about just with all your kids? Like, I yeah. remember one time we was at, in Massapequa, I was like, is that Brandon's wife? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. y'all must be going somewhere after this. Go ahead. <laughs> but how, how was your, how was your, how's your pandemic been so far? This has been, and it's been the roughest year of my life, really. I lost my dad to coronavirus April 4th. My grandfather, actually, the next day, he was 96 years old. He didn't have coronavirus, but after my dad passed, he got upset. He had a heart attack. He passed away the next day. It's been a real crazy trying year, but it, it made me really realize the value in being around people, having yeah. relationships in mm-hmm. my career. You know, I, I was thinking at first before, was, you know, basketball's cool. I do this on the side, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, I want to do this. Like, this is what I love to do. Like, and why am I just wasting my time doing accounting, which is what I do day to day. Nothing wrong with my career doing accounting, but like. I love basketball. Like like you, you chose your passion. You're like, I love this refereeing thing. And then you started with the podcast. Now it's like, you're doing something you're passionate about and you can see it. Yeah. And when you see me coaching basketball, my wife says it all the time. And my dad actually said it before he passed away. He's like, this is, this is what you need to be doing. You love doing this. So I think I like, told you that as well. Yeah. You could, you could see it. You could see it when I'm over there doing it. And you know, it's not work for me. It's always fun. Especially like you said, developing and molding those kids from JV and seeing them grow up. The biggest accomplishment I had besides having my own kids is seeing the kids that I used to coach now, they're grown men. Like they have their own children. They graduated college. Kids who tell me, coach, I would have never even went to thought to go to college if you didn't tell me. So stuff like that really makes me feel proud and probably what I need to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I'm on the varsity level. I've been doing it 21 seasons. I'm only assistant coach by choice. I don't, I don't want any of that head, head coaching smoke, yeah. but I am honored that so many kids from my program went to school for free. You yeah. know, that type of hug from their parents are yeah. like, you done saved me 130000 yeah. that, that means something to me. You know it's what I'm a saying? Lot. And just just for a kid to just pass you by, especially like on those early moments, because I'm pretty sure, man, we were young. We Sometimes we have no direction. I, you always remember that, that you know what I mean? That that coach that was always like, yo, he was kind of cool. Like, yeah. And they remember something in their 20s. And they always come back and you're like, wow, this is, this is, this is a, a good upstanding adult. And that, that makes me feel good. Now, 
of course, during the summer months, they had all these protests. Were you involved in any of those? I didn't go myself. I mean, I was involved on social media, this, that, and the third. But like um, with my kids and with coronavirus, I was really not trying to go out. I agree with the protests. Yeah. I agree that, you know, things need to change. And we, we all see that. We see what's going on right now. There's a lot of things that need to change on many levels, you know. Right. But it's the top down. It's not just, you know, us. It's got to be local elections. People got to vote, stuff like that. I do think a lot of people just talk, no action. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Twitter fingers. Yeah. It's good that people are out there. You know, even regardless if they just typing it on Twitter, at least they getting the message out there. Right. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. You know, aside from all of the things that you said that you've been through, and that, um, first of all, sorry for your loss, man. That's thank you. I had coronavirus. It was yeah, it's the realest. Yeah, no joke. It was the super realest. Yeah. And just yesterday, it was one hundred thirty thousand cases. Yeah, that which is crazy. People just don't. I didn't know when it became political to wear a mask. Like, it might not get political after uh, Sleepy's in there. We hope. We hope. Yeah, we I hope, hope he goes in there and goes to sleep. I just don't want to see him tweeting. I don't want to see <laughs> He's not going to tweet. <laughs> um, aside from all of the things that you've been through, what do you think you learned about yourself during coronavirus time? It's a tough one. I say I'm stronger than a lot than I really thought. A lot of stuff. My dad was like my best friend. You know who I go to for everything. I learned that I got to stand on my own too, be a man myself. And I... Definitely stronger than I thought because I've mm. been through I've been through a lot a lot this year not even just that there's a lot of personal family stuff and it's just like I learned a lot about who I am as as an individual how tough I am what I can do and I learned to get a little more confidence in myself as far as like what I want to do like because my dad telling me that about wanting to be a coach that's what I want to do and when this pandemic is over then resumes going everywhere no disrespect to St. Dom's but you know I'm trying to do what I want to do yeah. for a living yeah I think everyone knows that's a means to an end especially if you're trying to take it serious on the coaching side but of course you have a passion of sports you play flag football you coach basketball and you hoop when rims are up and it's not a super spreading event in a gym having said that where did you grow up what did you play growing up what did you play in middle school high school and then in college Grew up in um, Freeport. Actually, the first sport I played was football. I was playing football from the time I was nine to the time I was, I think, 15. When I was 15, I, I had to make a choice. I started playing basketball at like 10, 11. Broke my leg my sophomore year, uh, growth plate fracture. So it was like, you choose. You play football or you play basketball. So it's like, better at basketball, I'm going to play basketball. But I always love football. It's just something about the camaraderie, mm -hmm. the teammates. And then after high school, I went on to St. Joseph's College out in Patchogue. Played there for four years. Has had an opportunity to go play overseas. Didn't take it because it was like, oh, the money's not worth it. You know, I'm going to make more money being an accountant here. Where were you going to go? It was a couple different places. One of them was like Puerto Rico. Okay. It wasn't like Slovenia? Or one of them like was, that? it was one of them over there, like Slovenia, Romania, something like that. My coach was telling me, oh, just, yeah, you can just go over there to like Yugoslavia. I'm like, nah, coach, I don't trust it. The money's not right. And you're going for 10 months out of the year. Like, you don't know the language. I'm like... Nah, I'll just stay here and make money being an accountant. I'll make twice as much money and I'll be happy. Thinking about it now, I, mean, I wish I would have took a chance just even for a year, a couple months to go over and try to play professionally. But I don't have no regrets about mm. it, you know. And after college, then I started coaching. Coach I had in high school actually got me into coaching. He's like, oh, come to the gym. He didn't tell me I was going to be coaching. He's like, yo, come to the gym. I got these kids. I want you to tell them something, show them something. He's like, okay, this is your team. The team of seventh and eighth graders. These kids are like, they have no clue what they're doing. I'm like, this is this is a waste of my time. I don't want to do this. By the end of it, I was looking up plays. I'm looking up. I'm reading books on coaching. I'm so watching he did this Coach on K purpose. videos. He, he set me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I be, you know what? They both know. I be doing I don't tell them nothing about what's happening. <laughs> and when they get there, like, oh, I didn't know I can be a trainer here. <laughs> I, I didn't know that there's a job opportunity here. <laughs> 
but that's a that's a good way to go. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and he was um he was my mentor. Um, he actually helped me get the, the job at St. Dom's. It was basketball kind of saved me. Like as a kid, when I was, you see, I'm a clown a lot yeah. of times. Mm-hmm. I like to crack jokes. When I was a kid, I, I didn't take nothing seriously, nothing at all. I was out hanging out with my friends, doing whatever in the park, doing all type of bad stuff kids do in high school. And this dude just came to the park and just snatched me up. He's like, "Yo, come play this game with me." And then every day I would go to the park. I try to go hang out with my friends. He's picking me up outside the park, beeping the horn in his minivan. He come get me, go take me to a game. And I just fell in love with the game. And that was it from there. Mm-hmm. What do you think he saw in you that he wanted to keep picking you up? I don't know. Maybe I was just good at basketball. No, I'm just kidding. He was he was just a good guy. He he was the kind of guy who was he didn't do it for anybody else. He did it for the kids in the in the in the community. His name was John Curry. Rest in peace to John Curry. He was he was definitely my mentor though. He got me into coaching. He was the opposite of me. Like he's yelling and screaming at the kids and he was the type to curse and all it like me, I'm a little I'm a lot more calm, just mm-hmm. learning to be the yin to his yang. Do you remember when we first met? Because I'm I'm like trying to I'm drawing I think it has to be flag football, right? It gotta be flag football. Because I was like because I think when I did basketball, you're like, you do basketball too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah. this is what I really do. This yeah. is that yeah. other thing yep. is fantasy world. I remember that. And I was like, you you doing basketball? He's like, nah, nah, this is what I do. And I was like, all right, we're going to see about that. You know? <laughs> oh, because you thought I was just going to be clowning around like the way. Yeah. Because yeah. that's your perception. So you were surprised. I was kind of surprised. But at the same time, when you said it, like, it only takes me, like, as a hooper, it only takes me two oh, seconds yeah, to yeah. figure out somebody could hoop or somebody could referee. It's like, oh, you know what you're doing. Like, it didn't take long for me to figure that out. Mm. It was definitely a. It was eye opening, you know. Let's go talk about that first experience that you had coaching, like a real team with. And I'll tell you, when I first started coaching volleyball, I also coached the girls' JV basketball team at Kellenberg, and I didn't like it because I lost my voice all the time. Mm-hmm. They were girls, and yep. they weren't varsity girls. They were like fourteen, fifteen, and it, dude, it was like such a disconnect because I was so young. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand substitution patterns. Yep. I'm trying, and I think you also know, like when you first start being a coach, you like, yo, why can't you just like, just, yes. it's, yeah. it, you're coming from a place of just like, do it. I, I can do it. So why, so why you don't you do understand this? it? Yes. It's not yes. coming from like, oh, okay. This person needs a little bit more attention. Yep. This person. And you, you learn that. Yeah. You do learn you, that. Do you remember that first like experience coaching? I do. I remember having, I had one kid on my team who was really good. He was, he played at, um, he played at St. Louis. He went to Norfolk State. Now he's playing overseas. And then I had one kid who was like 6'5". And he's in seventh grade. He had no clue what he's doing. He couldn't walk and chew gum. Like yeah. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And I'm yelling at all of them, all right, this is the play we're going to run. This is what we're going to do. And they're looking at me like, yo, bro, what what are you talking about? Like, I can't even dribble the ball. You telling me to run over here instead of pick? What's a pick? And I'm like, oh, whoa, I got to really break this mm-hmm. down. But it, it taught me patience and definitely that learning – that different people learn on different levels is is definitely a big thing to coaching and the, the patterns and the feel for the game. Like as the game's going, that I got more because I played the game. But the coaching and the instruction and my practices used to be a joke. It'd be like, go throw the ball out, go play, and like you know, you have no clue. And as you get older and you start to realize and you start to coach, you start to put structure together. Now you got a practice plan. Now you got water breaks built in. You know when and this is going to happen, when that's going to happen. But it was it was a struggle figuring that out. Like you can't. What do you mean you can't do that? Like that, that always bugs me out, and especially being on the JV level. You know, my first year at St. Dom's, I had kids who just, everybody showed up. Nobody got cut. It was only 12 people that showed up to the gym, and mm. one of them was a basketball player. And after I won one game, they pulled him up to varsity. So Ugh. I was like, thanks. You should have, you, know. you should have like banged on his leg right there. Like, yeah, he can't <laughs> He's play. hurt. He's hurt. He's hurt. <laughs> him, leave him. Leave him. Yeah, like 30. And then the coach was like, yeah, we're going to take him. So my experience of, 
coaching just JV, I mean, ref and JV in general. So I did middle school all the time. I did CYO in the beginning and I did AAU. My first JV game, I was so shook. I was like, why is the shot clock working? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't, like, I'm not one used to that. Yeah. I just was used to like, you know what I mean? People holding the ball for 40 seconds. Yep. Like, I didn't like take that into account. I was like, oh, this is crazy. And then my first game in Catholic League in Long Island was a JV game. And it was, uh, I think, St. Mary's versus Holy Trinity. You, you know what I got to look like? Like he's in Wall Street. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, Holy, the, the Holy Trinity coach. Yo, he yeah. was giving my part no, in the... He, he's no joke. Yo, he's terrifying. All, all of them over there are no joke. Terrifying. Joe's no joke either. Terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But now I don't I don't care anymore. But anyway, that was my first game. And it was like, yo, I, I was like out of breath. I, I didn't understand how turned up it was. It was it's tur- And, you know, I think freshmen is more turned up. Yeah. Because they all feel like, it feels like hunger games. And they don't know what they're doing. They're just running up and down. No, it's crazy. crazy. And you got one good kid probably on the team scoring all the points. What was your first experience uh, coaching St. Dobbs? Coaching there. That was my first game. Who was it against? It was like uh, I think we went upstate to like Sacred Heart, and they were they weren't good. Like they were terrible, but we were so bad. Like I told you, I had one basketball player. It was like we're trying to run plays. After a while, I'm just like, yo, just give him the ball and everybody get out of the way. Like it was it was a whole new level for me. Being a head coach is is so much different than being an assistant. When you're assistant, you cool with the kids. Like you know, you you talk to them, you do this, that, and the third. Then when you step a seat over, it's like. Nah, bro, you got to do what I say. You get your grades up, do what you're supposed to do. Like, it was a big difference stepping from one seat to the next. But I do think my experience coaching in, like, AU and stuff helped me because I can learn on the fly. Like, a lot of coaches, they they come with a game plan. If it don't work, then they're like, oh, what do I do? Like, me, it's like, I show up with five kids to AU game. It could be five, six, five kids on the other team for all I know. I don't know what's going to happen. I got to be able to adjust as it goes. So mm. I think that helped me a lot before I got to St. Dom's and being on JV, but Catholic League's a different league. Way different. I, we play some of the best public school teams and we beat them and it's like, they're good in their league, but Catholic League's just, it's just different. Yeah, there's it's just, just too many way. monsters going on. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really cool that you coach there. With the pandemic happening, of course, we're, we're still in limbo. This should have been your first week in tryouts. I would have been like, my hair would have been cut. Yes. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> my hair would have been cut. Have you been engaged at all, just coaching-wise? Have you been doing, like, Zooms, clinics? and? It's tough. It's so tough. I mean, like, I, I was telling you this at the game the other day. Like, we've been trying to schedule workouts. Every time we go to schedule a workout, it's like, oh, school shut down. Somebody got COVID. School shut down. We got a quarantine. This person's got a quarantine. And even when we do have the workouts, it's like, oh, we want all the kids to wear masks. I'm like... Well, I can't kill them. I can't run them to death. They got a mask on. They're not going to be able to breathe. So I'm just more of a, I stay in the zone of looking up basketball a little bit, like still doing YouTube videos, looking up different stuff that's going to work. But I was gung-ho heavy doing basketball before this. Like right now I'll be doing clinics from like eight to like two in the afternoon. And now it's just shut down. Nothing. I want to talk about that flag football piece. Where does that fit in the whole puzzle? Like how did you even start playing that? It's just funny. You know, somebody asked me to play just randomly. Like, I was playing basketball in the league, sport time, and Beth Page, one of my friends. They're like, oh, yeah, this, that, and the flag football, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, flag football? And he's like, yeah, come play. And everybody in the league was talking about it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to come. And then I came. I played with him using, like, the D division, playing, you know, like, four Mississippi Rush or something like that. And then eventually it was like I just fell in love. It was football all over again. You know, football is just a different sport where it's like everybody got to do their job or you're not going to win. Basketball – if I'm good, I can take over and get 40 and we'll win the game. But football is like, it's that camaraderie of being with, you know, a group of men and having a common goal. So 
Sports, I've always gravitated towards football. It was my first love. And then I fell back in love with it with the flag thing. But like you said, it's just been falling off lately. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. But yeah. the, so that D division, when did you start realizing like, oh, you can get really good at this and like I should, you know, find a, like a good team to play for? It's funny because flag football is like ruthless. <laughs> like it's like, hey, you good. You know, what are you doing playing with these bums? Come over here and yeah. play with us. And I, that's really what happened to me. I got recruited by this team and I got recruited by another team. And then everybody's asking me to play one Sunday. I think I played like five games in a row because people just asking me to play on different teams. And I realized like it's serious. It gets serious. And then I started, I did a tournament. I traveled and I was like, oh, I really love this now. Like this is taking me back to college. Like mm-hmm. I'm in the house with all the dudes. We get an Airbnb. We go and we're hanging out after the game. We go hang out at the house and then you go play for a weekend. You go away. And I took my wife. We had a great time. And it was like, this is really something. I think somebody just needs to change the game with it. Yeah, listen, I think there's a there's a big growth to me because there will be one day. And when whenever I start something, you should be like my, one of my coaches because I, I feel like you can, one day there's going to be a situation where it's going to be like AAU, and they're going to be like, yo, he played Division One at Hofstra for flag football. That's gonna, There's going to be a day. Well, you see where football is going itself, you know, with the concussions and everything else. Like, my son's not playing football. I love football. Me too. I played from the time I was nine, and I probably had four or five yeah. concussions. Mm-hmm. My son is never going to play tackle football. He'll probably play flag football if he wants to play football, but that decision, not until he's 18, but would I even think about making that decision? Right. Imagine if your, your kid goes to school for free. How about your daughter and your son go to school for free for... Yeah, right. That'd At be that crazy, point, right? It, yeah. It would be real crazy. Yeah. But that's changing the game just like esports changed the game. You know, esports is big, big time now. They're talking about starting a... I saw it today at Team USA for esports, basketball. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. But you, when you see stuff before it happens, like flag football, you... You got to be able to get on it. Yeah, absolutely. All this time, just playing basketball growing up, playing in high school, playing in college, playing flag football, and, of course, coaching. What has your perception of referees been this whole time? It's funny. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a that's a evolution. That's changed. So when I was a kid, authority was not my thing. Teachers, I would crack joke. In class, I'd be a clown. And on the court, I was the worst. I mean, I was eight years old. I'm getting, like, Dennis Rodman, like, technical, get him out the game, get out the gym, like – it was a point where a referee actually walked up to my dad after a game and was like, listen, your son is just disrespectful. You can't have him come here anymore. So after that point, my dad was like, listen, don't talk to a ref again, like ever again. As I started to coach, I started to realize that refereeing is just like sports. You got your good players. You got your bad players. You got good referees. You got bad referees. And you got to be able to figure that out before you start so you know how you act towards certain people. And refereeing is also not all about skill. It's a lot of it is about demeanor. And are you able to handle stuff? Like, I know you, if I'm you refing my game, I'm I'm gonna talk to you. I'm gonna say what I gotta say. I'll crack jokes. You're not gonna get offended. Some refs, as soon as you hey, Mr. Official, oh don't talk to me. It's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm gonna leave you alone. Yeah, you do you, that you do that passive sensitive. You, you do that passive aggressive, like, oh, this ref don't want it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> but it, it works though. It, it gets the job done. I think I learned that from um Coach Winder at uh Nassau Community College. I, I used to play with him, I play against him. He played for like the Celtics and stuff like actually almost went to Nassau because of him. He's a great coach. But his demeanor with the referees was always something I loved because he was sarcastic, he would crack jokes. But he was never offensive. Like, and if you got offended, it was you got offended. Mm. He didn't say anything to really offend you. I'll get back to my evolution with referees. So as I got to coaching, I started to realize that referees are people. You just got to know how to talk to people, know how to maneuver in that environment. It's more of a political kind of thing. You know, like instead of getting emotional with the referee, you just, hey, I know you're trying to do your job. I'm trying to do my job. Look, this is what I see. 
And I'm not saying you're doing a terrible job, but I know you're human. If you missed it, you missed it. And it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my whole thing was I talk a lot of shit when I play ball. Mm-hmm. A lot. I can like, tell. Like a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> so like when, when my friends found out I was reffing, they're like, you? You reffing? <laughs> out of all people. Like that just sounds so backwards. And I don't know. I got good at it. But what I realized that it's, it's very similar if like you wanted to be an NYPD police officer and you're from Levittown. And your first assignment is like East New York. <laughs> so like, so you're whoa. like, uh, just break. It's a lot different when you're from Baldwin and Freeport and you're reffing in Freeport and Baldwin. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Definitely. And that's where I came from mm-hmm. because I realized like, oh, that's, see, that's the reason why they're yelling at you because you have like, you have nervous energy mm-hmm. as if like you don't want that. It's like, okay, I, like I feel you. That's not happening today. Yep. And then they go, all right, all right, I'm going to back up. So, I mean, that's just, I, me To me, that's just a, a but, general tip. But you know coming up in Freeport and Bowen that the first time someone approaches you with some nonsense, it's like, all right, I'm going to stand my ground here, let you know this is what it is, and that's what it's going to be. We're yeah. not going to do this back and forth. I'm not going to back down to you. Like, But like you said, some people, they're like, uh, uh, okay, coach, once I see that from a ref, I'm like, oh, man, you're in trouble. Not that I'm going to take advantage of you. I got to make sure the other guy on the other bench don't take advantage of you because you're soft. Do you tell these kids when you, before, like, you have your first game, you go, like, you also have to study who the ref is because you, or you just tell them, don't talk to them, I got them. Yep, that's what I do. Don't Mm. talk to them. Don't talk to them. That's what I love about the Catholic League, man. Yeah, don't talk to them, I got them. Because also, once the kids engage with a ref, you don't want to hear that. Like, if you're a referee, you might, some refs might say, okay, I'll listen to the kid, blah, blah, blah. But you don't want to hear that. You want to do your job. You want to talk to another adult because kids get emotional. They say crazy stuff. It's like, don't say a word to the ref. I'll handle the refs. And my kids, after one or two games, they're like, oh, coach got this. Because, you know, I'm I'm cracking jokes. They're over there <laughs> laughing like, oh, just roasted the ref, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I got you guys. Don't worry about it. I haven't said all that. Do you think you would ever officiate yourself? Myself? Yeah. Nah, never. Never. I never. couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I would I would get into a fight with myself. No, you wouldn't. I would, though, because I'm just, I'm, I'm so sarcastic and so So just, am I. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, it's not bad. It's funny. I, I guess. I would probably go back and forth with myself if I was refereeing a game. I wouldn't want to referee my games. Mm. I'm, I'm very on top of the refs. Like, if you make a mistake, it's like, you're going to admit you made that mistake. And it's okay that you made it. I'll tell the ref in a minute. It's okay that you made a mistake. Just say you missed it. And you it's say cool. all that. I, yeah. I, hate you. I hate you for that, man. <laughs> I just hope my partner's ready when you say. Did you Did you guys play Kennedy Catholic this year? I know the varsity team did. Mm, last year, I think we did. That's what I mean. Did or the you? year before. I remember playing them, yeah. So I, I had the varsity game, and, and the, the Kennedy Catholic coach was was spazzing on me. Yeah. He's like, he's like I see what you what you refs are doing. You, you guys can make a Long Island iced tea. Yeah. So I went right up to him. I'm like, I'm like, is that your favorite drink? Yeah, right. I, I think that was too strong. He's like, who, who is this guy? So then I had him a week later in Brooklyn. He's like, you're everywhere. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. He respected you after that, though. Because I don't like Long Island iced tea. I come out to Brooklyn. Oh, man. <laughs> He's like, ah. But, he, you know, he, he didn't like me at, at that moment. Okay, so you'll never ref, huh? I don't know. How about if I get another sport? It doesn't got to be basketball. If I was going to ref, like, I, it's funny. I have friends who went from playing to refereeing, and I've thought about it. Even Don. Don's a referee now. He like, is. He loves it. I actually refed a flag football game a couple weeks ago. And it was it was cool. It was where? kids, though. It was oh. in, where was it? Up by, like, uh, Oyster Bay. Manhasset. It was Manhasset. It was, it was flag football. It was pretty cool. The kids is just completely different playing flag That football. big turf field? Yep. Did you get a hold of Tony Wade? Tony Wade's my guy, oh man. Oh, my God. Tony Wade is my guy. That's Yo, funny. Shout out to Tony Wade. <laughs> First of all, this guy... 
I'm like, why are you here? Like, what, what, what kid do you have here? What are you doing here, referee? Literally, at all of my no, I'm just he's in the stands. I'm like, what is? Who is this guy? Tony is everywhere. Tony's my guy, man. It's funny. Tony's son Ryan played for me at um Dom's, but like it's just like I said, certain people you just connect with, and me and Tony just connected right away because he was always on top of Ryan. And I'd be like, listen, me and you, I'm gonna be. The opposite of you. I'm gonna tell Ryan, "Oh, you're so good," and I'm gonna coddle him. You, you keep yelling at him. You keep doing, it worked perfectly for him. Mm-hmm. But Tony, Tony's great. Tony's everywhere. He's connected to basketball. He so is. he he knew me like because he knows everybody I played with, everybody I played against. You know. Mm. Now talking about mentors, um, if you have any other mentors, if you have a chance, just list them who they are, what they've done for your career, and how do you think they've shaped the way you've helped people after them. That's a tough one. I say my my high school coach was was a good mentor. He taught me the side of where basketball isn't everything. You got to talk to people about other things besides basketball because the sport is great, but if you don't get to know your players, you won't ever be a good coach. Like, you can't be a coach who just shows up and just coaches kids. It never works that way. He was a mentor. John Curry was a mentor because he was he was no nonsense. Like, that's why I stayed out of trouble because he would come pick me up and make me go play, and he would straight up snatch me off the street if he saw me playing somewhere and. He took me to Brooklyn. He took me to Queens and made me tough because coaching out there is you go out there in the park on a summer day, like you said, Rucker, wherever. There ain't no breaks out there. No. You better be on your game and you better be ready. So that helped. But right now, I don't even think I have any mentors as far as basketball goes right now. I'm just learning as I go. Now, if, if somebody came, maybe there's a young buck that's 19 and they go like, oh, man, I want to I want to get involved in the game. I don't want to play. And they meet you. What kind of advice do you give them? They're trying to be a coach. Do it. Do it. I think the the biggest thing with me was just getting in there and doing it. Somebody just lied to me and fooled me and got me in the gym. And, you know, I think coaching more so, and this is life in general, is about relationships. This is about, everything's about relationships. It's about how you deal with people, how you interact with people. And the biggest thing for me with coaching, I would give, the advice I would give anybody is just be brutally honest in any relationship, whether it's coaching, whether it's your wife, your kids, whoever, just be brutally honest. And if, Hey, if somebody don't respect the truth, there's nothing you can do about it. It's the truth. So mm-hmm. I'm the coach who's always with my players, and some they'll come out and say, oh, I, I could do this, that, and the third. And I'm like, no, you, you you can't. You're not that good yet. Like Because what happens with these kids in a lot of these sports is people lie to them. And that's the worst thing you could do to a kid, especially at 12, 13. Now you think you're great. You'll never get any better. And then you're still that kid at 12, 13. You're still the same player, and everybody surpassed you because they're going to work harder than you. Yeah. I call that stabbing in the front. I think that's like such an important skill and it's something that I think everyone needs to experience early on. Because I, I, especially in basketball, if somebody's good, they just, they push them. Yeah. They push them. Like you're so good. Like, don't worry. You'll get it. I'll I'll give you this t-shirt. I'll. I watched a kid, former NBA player now, I won't name his name, in Brooklyn. We went to a tournament in Coney Island. He graduated the same year as me. He plays, he comes off the court. Four grown men. He just walks out. He goes like this to put his arms out. They put his watches, his bracelets, his chain on him. He's got a a brand new blue Adidas leather suit. And it's like, bro, you're from Coney Island. You you didn't buy that. Like people just give you stuff because you're a good athlete and they coddle you, coddle you, coddle you. That's why all these athletes get in trouble. Like later on in life, it's like, oh, I can't do that. I'm going to go to jail. Nobody never told you no in your life. So yeah, eventually somebody's going to tell you no and you're going to find out the hard way. Mm. So now you're deeply entrenched in this coaching thing. What do you think you like better, playing or coaching? I still love playing. It's just basketball is just my first love. I still love playing. I still 
I think I played like two weeks ago and I was just excited. All my friends are like, oh, you can still play. I'm like, yeah, I still love doing this. That's why I play flag football, stay in shape. But coaching is just different. And it's, I got such a passion for it. Like when I'm playing, sometimes I could take some plays off. When I'm coaching, there's no plays off. I'm yelling, kid, the ball's out of bounds. I don't care if we up by 30. You need to go hustle for the ball. Like, so I guess I'm more passionate about coaching, but I love, I still love playing the game. Mm. You think that's ever going to stop? Like, is there going to be, what? what is, and I'm always interested in this because you're coaching. Sometimes I see these adult league games, right? Like, dude's 42. He, he I mean, he's been playing since been playing. Yep. Yeah, I tore my Achilles when I was 39. I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. And I think for me, that's it. Like, that, that that's the moment. So you're going to have to like, tear your Achilles to, to get you off the court. I'll tell you a story about me that'll that'll put it in, in perspective for you. In college, my senior year, I had a um, stress fracture in my left leg. And it was like 15 games to go in the season. And they're like, basically, you're playing with a broken leg. Eventually, your leg is going to break. And I just kept playing. Like, it was my senior year. I'm not going to I'm not gonna sit out. I would go get an ice bath after practice, go in and play. And luckily, I made it through the whole season. The next day, we had a open gym. Leg broke. That's the only thing that stopped me from playing. They're like, you need to take two months off and rest this leg. And I'm like, no, I won't. It's the only thing that would stop me from playing is getting hurt physically. So I, I don't think... That's why sometimes I take games off with flag football. I take games off with basketball to prevent injury. But once that happens to me, like, I'm not going to be the guy. I told my Achilles I'm back out here. No, Kobe couldn't come back from Achilles. I ain't Kobe. Like, I'm not trying that, you know. Mm -hmm. But I see it a lot. A lot of what you're saying. The guy got hurt, and he's like, he's still back out there trying to play. Yeah. Nah, once that happens, I'm going to shut it down. You're definitely going a little less than three-quarter speed when I watch you play flag football. Yeah. Only because, and you tell me if this is just outside looking in, are they kind of intimidated by your stature? And they're like, oh, my God, oh, yeah. this guy's tall and kind of quick. Always. And the funny part is they always say he's tall, so he must be slow. And then when I actually do run fast, it's like, oh, he just ran by yeah, me. Yeah, because you, you caught a little, I don't know I don't know if it was a post, but it was like, I, I don't really think that you were running that fast. Yeah. And the ball was like ahead of you. Yep. And you didn't really, you know what I'm, that yeah, play yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't, it's funny because when I play basketball, they say the same thing. It's like, you just dunked. You look like you didn't even try. And it's like, it's just effortless. Not, you, you can that still sounds dunk, right? That sounds a little crazy. Yeah, just, I can still okay. dunk. Give just me, give me sure. 10 minutes of warm-up time and <laughs> yeah, I'm good. So the season's about to start, allegedly. Have you been in touch with some of your players at all? I've or? been talking to them. I've been talking to them, but they, like I said, the only thing I've been talking about lately is, Oh, school shut down again, coach. Oh, we don't have nothing going on, coach. Oh, coach, we we shutting school down again for another day. So yeah. that's really all we've been talking about. And I told you before, I mean, I don't see how Kellenberg is going to have a because they have a 300-seating situation in the gym. I don't see them hiring the Madison Square Garden yeah, just to, staff to, <laughs> to, to play Break a, it down and set it a up Latin every school day. game. I nah. just... I just don't see that. I don't think, and at the end of the day, I don't think it's really, is it worth it? Like, uh, at some point, like, I get it. The kids need it, but is it worth it? Because my thing is, all it takes is one bad thing to happen. Yeah. Just one. Just one kid gets sick and something happened to them and everybody's like, oh my God, look what happened. But why did we, what why we did thinking? we decide to have a JV basketball season? Like, so it's really scary. And even with schools, I'm surprised they're even thinking about it with the, insurance costs like the the liability they have for something like that yeah so you don't think we're gonna have a season personally i don't think we'll have a season but i'll be ready if we do you yeah, know that's a fact after everything you said what do you think of the attributes what do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time as a basketball player as a flag football player and of course as a coach gotta be i would say a chip on my shoulder like i was as tall as i am the guys i played against i was never the biggest guy i was always the smallest guy and 
I played power forward and center in high school, which is crazy to me. But that's what really got me to where I am and not getting an opportunity to be a coach. So now when I got that JV opportunity, it's like I'm taking this seriously. Like I'm taking this seriously like it's a varsity job because I was coaching for 10 years before I got a JV job, which to me is a little crazy, but it is what it is. But that chip and all constantly thinking that, you know, keeping that chip on my shoulder, like you watch The Last Dance, Michael Jordan always got to have some motivation and always pulling something from somewhere. That's really it for me. Mm. What do you think it's going to take to get to where you want to go? And ultimately, where do you want to go? Ultimately, I, I would love to be a just a college coach. I wouldn't want to be an NBA coach because you're just a glorified cheerleader, in my opinion. You know, if, if a guy makes $20 million and he don't want you there and you make three, it's like you're probably going to be the one to go. College, I like the fact of molding people into being better players, better human beings. I'd love to be a college coach, head D1 basketball coach one day what's it going to take to get there i can't tell you just keep grinding it out and make some connections really because i think that's really where it's at mm. <sighs> okay this this is this is a good one what is your most thickest situation that you've ever had playing basketball playing flag football and as a coach sticky what do you mean by sticky <laughs> talking reckless uh you breaking oh, your leg let's uh, see playing basketball the craziest situation I've ever been in. Oh, this is a good one. College. We played Yeshiva University, which is a Jewish university. All those are grown men. They come out of the military. They go to college and they're playing basketball. I was athletic. I was good. I was a freshman. So I go up. I get the ball in a fast break. I go up. I dunk, scream, act crazy because testosterone running high. You're a freshman in college. Next time I get the ball in a fast break, I'm going down. Kid takes me out, pushes me against the wall. I go to shoot my free throws. Kid runs up on me. I turn around. I swing. I hit the kid. My mom runs out of the stands onto the court. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably the stickiest situation. And then for the rest of the game, they ejected me. Behind the basket, there's a little glass window. I'm in there like I'm in a prison cell for the rest <laughs> of the game. It was pretty funny. That was probably the stickiest situation on the court. Coaching-wise, I, I got to think, man. Coaching-wise... I try to stay out of controversy. Look at me, man. I can't be too controversial when I'm coaching. You know, I don't want to. You know what I hate when, like, if I were to ref you, yeah. you'd be like, yo, can you talk to him? I'm like, why can't you yell at him? <laughs> why you got to, why you got to tell me to like, I like that. I, I hate that people do that. I'm like, yeah. why can't you roast them so they can figure it out? Yeah. Get them on, their own, on your own. What, what's your most thickest situation playing flag football? Flag football. Because um, people be losing friendships. Uh, a lot yeah, of things. A lot of stuff. People. You know, there's a lot of people take it too serious. Like they get they get real upset and hurt. I think the stickiest situation I've ever been in was I left one team for another team and a dude just stopped talking to me completely. Like oh we were God. friends and it was like, Oh, you're not playing with us no more? Like, all right, we're we're just not friends anymore. That yeah. was crazy to me. It's like it's it's flag football, bro. You went to death row, I, I see. Yeah, you know, that's what it was, you know. It was over in death row with uh Shug Knight. Having said that, what is your best moment as a basketball player? What is your best moment as a flag football player? And what is your best moment as a coach? So as a basketball player, my best moment was probably my senior year against Farmingdale State, winning um, senior night with the flu, winning the game, beating them. They were way better than us at that time. As a flag football player, best moment, probably winning a, my first flag football championship, the fall championship, which is Used to be a big deal. You go get a dinner and you get a big trophy. With my team, the Diamondbacks, I was playing with for five, six years. They don't got the dinner no more? I don't know. Do you know? I don't know I, anymore. I, the, I league is, the league has gotten so bad now. I don't know, man. Let me see. As a coach, I'll tell you, it was last season. It was playoffs at uh, St. John the Baptist. We beat Chaminade. They were undefeated. They beat Christ the King. They Ooh. beat a lot of these good teams, city teams. And they had planned a dinner for after the game. Because they were going to beat us and then win the championship game. They played us, 
And as I'm walking out after the game, a lady at a table who's collecting the tickets goes to me. She goes, you know, you had people out here crying. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, what, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, there was a mom and a couple moms out here on the phone. They were calling Lily Flanagan's to say, oh, we have to cancel our reservation. We had a party planned for 30 people after we win the championship, but we knocked them out of the playoffs. That was a great moment for me. Wow. You should have been like, nah, let, hold that. We're going to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep your reservation after we win. Damn, that's a good one, yeah, man. That was good. That was good. You know, and I hadn't beat Chaminade. You know the one team I haven't beat? Oh. Kellenberg. Why? I don't know why. I really don't. It's, it's just, weird. I think DJ put a curse on me. He told think me. so? Yeah, he's like, you, you can't beat the Firebirds. I haven't beat them. <laughs> I beat, I've beaten Holy Trinity. I've beaten St. Anthony's. I've beaten, Chaminade was the first time I beat them was this year and just haven't beaten Kellenberg yet. What's your favorite court to play on in the Catholic League? Oh, Chaminade is just ridiculous, man. It is. It's, it's nice. It's, it's, you know so what nice. I don't like though there? The acoustics is off. Because of it's so, it's so big. So when open. I get yelled at, it's like, where are they coming yeah, from? Yeah, where are you yelling at me from? I'm not even like upset. I'm just like, why does it sound like it? Because when you yell, yeah. it sounds as if it's like a wind tunnel. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't even know how to explain it. But the old Chaminade place was scary. Yeah, it was like the old Boston yeah, yeah, Garden. Yeah. It was, but they liked it like that. You know, yeah, almost was, like St. Mary's is tiny, but they love it like that. Yeah, but Chaminade did the gym is better than our my my college gym almost. Oh, I was gonna say because yeah. I like St. Dominic's. I've won a lot of championships from volleyball. Yeah, at St. Dom's, Dom's. So it's. It's a it's a place that has a lot of memories. I know it's probably weird because I, I always have these two funny memories of St. Dom's when I'm coaching. So we play St. Dom's and our game is always like 20 minutes because mm-hmm. they're just not good. Uh, the, yeah. the, the, the refs love it because they're like, we're going to be over in an hour. We did a doubleheader. And then it's like, but the championship games turned up. There's crazy amounts of people. It's perfect because the, the ceiling is so high. Yeah. And when the ball goes, it's a, it's a place that has been so heartbreaking and also just joyous in over the years. I've yeah. probably won four championships there on wow. that floor. So it, it means a lot to me. I know that. But, you know, with basketball, it's done so much for your life. You said you've got direction. You've met mentors. You're a coach that's passionate. And you've been able to dunk on people. What does basketball mean to you? What is it given to you in your life? Basketball is what I, I would say. And it's as cliche and corny as it may sound. Basketball kind of saved my life, man. If if I didn't play basketball, if nobody ever picked me up from the park, I was in the park doing things I had no business, like as a kid. And if I didn't play, I would have not gotten to where I got needed to go. I wouldn't have went to college without basketball. And then even after college, like the connections I make now with coaching, with other coaches, with the kids that I coach, with the parents, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I wouldn't be an accountant. I wouldn't have a career. I didn't think about college. I mean, my dad was always, you're going to go to college, you're going to go to college. But after high school, I was like, if I didn't play basketball, it was hard. The last, the hardest year of my life was going to college that last year after my eligibility was over. Like, having to get up and actually go to school and not have practice. Like, that's what kept me on campus was basketball. And if it wasn't for that, I would, I don't know where I would be, mm-hmm. really. Man, I got to start leaning on some connections so you could... Filter out your resume. Try to get you. Are you sure you don't want to go in the NBA? What if you got a? What if you got an opportunity? See, I don't want to. I mean, I take the check. Don't yeah, get I'm it twisted. Saying, I don't want to. I, I don't want to block your blessings. I'd be that's a all. play play a development coach or something. I don't want to be. I don't want to be the head guy. The NBA is, it, it's just it's business at the end of the day. And my thing is, I love this game. Like business, is great to get paid to coach, but I mean, you know, I'm a JV coach. I don't make a million dollars a year. Like I do it because I love it and. I think if I got to that level, it, the love would be gone. It becomes you got to get an agent, then you got to have promo, you got to have advertisements, you got to have your own radio show. Oh, so you thought about stuff. this? Yeah, I, I'm I'm well versed in everything that goes along with it, and I mean, if it's for me, I'll get it. But 
I'm not I'm not looking for. Got that. you. Listen, no matter where you coach, I think you're going to be successful. I can just see the passion emanating. Appreciate and that. As a coach, just from to another coach, I just know how much you care. And it's just only a matter of time that you get your opportunity. And, you know, hopefully you still do well in flag football. You're doing that. And hopefully you never tear your Achilles. No, 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 no. Knock on this table <laughs> real quick. Yeah. But I thank you, man. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? Nah, I just uh, want to say thanks. Appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to get on. And I see you doing big things with Referee Rant and more big things to come. I appreciate that, man. For Brandon Freeman, this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Ramp. We are signing out. Peace.